I'm Jared. And I'm Eric. And you are listening to the Ascend Podcast, where college and university leaders, thinkers, and innovators come to learn practical and proven strategies for improving retention rates, graduation rates, and overall student success. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ascend Podcast. I am Eric Kirby, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Jared Tippett. good to be with you today, Jared. Hey, thanks, Eric. It's nice to see you as well this week. Hey, so Jared, regular listeners of the Ascend Podcast know that each week we release what we call a short session where we will share one idea, strategy, or initiative for improving retention and student success efforts, which come from our book, Ascend to Higher Retention Rates. The other type of episodes we release are what we call our expert session podcast, where we will interview student success experts from around the country to capture their best thinking on the subject. So today's episode is going to be one of our expert sessions. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. Jared, do us the honors and introduce our special guest. Thanks, Eric. We are excited to be joined by Dr. Katie Perry, who currently serves as the Associate Provost for Student Development at the University of Olivet. Olivet is a small, private, primarily residential institution located in South Central Michigan, serving one of the most diverse student populations in the state of Michigan. Over her 11 years at Olivet, Katie has served in a variety of roles, including Chair of the Health and Human Performance Department, Associate Professor, Founding Director of the Teacher Pathway, and President of the Faculty Senate. Regardless of her designated title, Katie has always focused on student success. In 2021, Katie earned her doctorate in educational leadership from Grand Canyon University with her research exploring the relationship between student engagement as predictors of retention among Gen Z undergraduate students. Most recently, the University of Olivet was selected for funding for a Title III Strengthening Institutions Program grant from the U.S. Department of Education and the King Chavez Parks 4S grant from the state of Michigan's Leo Department. And Katie will be serving as the project director. Both of these grants support the launch of research-based programs to improve student success measures at the University of Olivet. Well, Katie, nice to be with you today. Thanks so much for carving out some time to be with us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be with you today. Yeah, well, so Let's start by having you tell us a little bit more about your career and how you got connected to this important work. Well, beyond what you already shared, I will rewind the story a little bit because my career actually began in K-12, um, where I was a secondary math teacher for several years. And then my final year, I was a kindergarten, first and second grade physical education teacher. Um, it was there that I started working with students more intensively um, that had special needs, and I started my second master's in adapted physical education. And then through that, I transitioned to Olivet to spearhead the physical education program with the Health and Human Performance Department. Early in my career at Olivet, I worked with Special Olympics as well, and we created opportunities for our students to begin to volunteer with Special Olympics, Special Olympics Michigan in different areas and counties. And then as I watched our students start to find their unique paths and find their unique passions, I started to realize that it was really about the student's success and watching that light bulb come on and finding their unique path. And that, so that's really where this calling came from. And now I'm here doing this work at scale and how do we roll that out to all of our students? That's terrific. Let's take a step back here. And I think it's important to get your view of student success from a 30,000 foot lens, right? What does student success look like to you? How do you define it? 
And when you think about the future of retention, completion, student success work, what are some things that you see coming that colleges and universities should be thinking about? You made that a really easy question that does not have a super easy answer. Um, student success is complex, right? If we had a magic wand and we could wave it, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation today. Uh, it's not that easy. I think we simplify it down to simple metrics as retention, persistence, and graduation rates. We wish it was just as simple as saying, I'm going to hit this metric this year, um, but it's not. And then you start digging at theoretical frameworks with my professional of Vincent Tinto, you know, and you start to realize how complex this is. And we begin to inquire about the practices and the student beyond just the numbers that we see. If I had to oversimplify it and capture this 30,000 view that you really want, I think for student success at the University of Olivet, we simplify it down to what are our students doing after they graduate? Are they doing careers that beyond that just pay the bills, but that bring them fulfillment, that they're able to serve their communities back? And that's really where the success is measured. It's what they do after they're here with what they learned here. Did the things that happen in and out of the classroom give them the life lessons they needed to be a productive citizen? Was it all worth it? But to put that in real time and make data-driven decisions on the ground, it gets more complex. Um, as I think about this in the future, I think we need to be ready to serve the needs and desires of prospective students. And I think that's going to expand well beyond the traditional model of a student graduates high school and they go to college. And so we have to figure out what that programming looks like for non-traditional students that maybe we haven't quite marketed or have figured out how to support. How do we help them think critically and solve the problems of today and be ready for the you know solutions for tomorrow? The world is changing quicker with technology. And so how do we set them up for success? Really good definition. I like the broad view of which you kind of approach that with. And, you know, we talk about all those things, but we probably need to do better at it in higher ed. You know, it feels as though, and I, I once had a mentor <laughs> describe it as we have this model whereby students just go out and collect 120 nuts uh, like squirrels or whatnot. And once they have, then they've got a degree, right? And in some way, we hope that that experience has turned them into someone that who will go out and change the world. Um, sometimes I think we need to get a little more intentional about training students how to do it, right? Anyway, sorry, long reaction to your great definition. Well, as you know, the Ascend podcast discusses broad ideas and best practices to help colleges and universities move this needle on retention and completion rates and student success. And as a reminder to our listeners, Ascend is an acronym that stands for affordability, support, culture, engagement, nudges, and data. So let's dive into each of these topics in a little more detail. And we're anxious to kind of get your best thinking about how institutions can think about these broad categories and help them with their work. So let's start with the first one, affordability. What are your thoughts about how colleges and universities should focus on finances and affordability to help retention and completion of student success rates? So I think this is an interesting one because I felt like it was the one that should have the easiest answer, but it's the most foggy for me at the moment. The narrative that we hear spreading like wildfire is, is college worth it from the nuts and bolts of it? What is the return on investment? You know, Should students be spending all of this money to go to higher ed? But yet then when I am experiencing it in real time in higher ed, it becomes more about the perceptual affordability of higher ed. And I'll give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. At the University of Olivet, we have a chatbot that reaches out to students on a regular basis and asks them questions about their wellness. We even dive into, you know, how are you feeling financially? 
and we get these risk drivers back and we can see if the students are at high risk for finances. But then on the other end, it's also taking the tags and we include tags such as their residence hall or their commuter. And we have one apartment complex that consistently comes back as at higher risk for financial wellness. Yet all of our apartments cost the same and there's no other correlational metric that would support this perceptual thing that students are reporting. Right. So they're telling us I'm more financially stressed, yet we have nothing in our database that would support or correlate to that as well. And so we're like, what is the cause of that? What is their expectation? Another example, I was talking to a colleague at Persist last week, and they were talking about a unique situation where their institution had decided to discontinue the football program. Yet their football players who were on scholarship, fully scholarship, they agreed to continue that scholarship through graduation if they stayed at the institution. Yet they still had football players show up to student services saying they couldn't afford it, yet their bill was zero, right? So what is driving that? And so I use those as examples to say, I don't necessarily know what the solution is because the narrative and the things that we're hearing spread like wildfire aren't matching what I'm seeing on the ground. So I have a lot to learn about the student perception around affordability in higher ed and what that means. I know at the University of Olivet last year, we really spent some time thinking about why students might not even apply to Olivet because we are a private liberal arts college, right? And so is it the fact that we're a private school and so they don't think that they could even afford to attend a private school? So we announced with Governor Whitmer that we were going to make college tuition free for our Pell eligible students through the Michigan Advantage Scholarship. And so trying to beat that narrative that students hear that I can't afford it, um, trying to get ahead of it because that perception versus reality weren't necessarily matching for us. That's a cool initiative and program uh, offering that for the Pell eligible. Kudos to you all for doing that. And more importantly, I, I really admire your thinking on trying to better understand the perception or perspective of students as they face these challenges. I think too often as administrators, we, we read a book or we think we understand, but we're not trying to view it from the student lens that even when the dashboard may show zero, things still may not be affordable or or as convenient or necessary in students' minds. So thanks for your work there and your, your insights on that. Let's jump to the S part of the Ascend model, which is about support. How can universities best support students to help them achieve their educational goals and dreams? So I think we first need to look at how they're different. How are our students different? We know that Gen Z's differ in their context. They're true digital natives, especially with the inclusion of social media. They're different in their behavior. They want to feel seen and valued for their uniqueness, and they differ in their consumption. They want personalized products. If you look at their buying thing, they want it to be for them and for nobody else, right? They want it to be their own. And so based on my experience, I think that at the heart of supporting students, we need to embrace who they are and recognize these truths about them. We need to understand their unique needs. We need to be in relationships with them and recognize that they will need unique support and guidance. Um, as earlier mentioned, Olivet is one of the most diverse institutions in the state, and we serve approximately 50% first-gen students and 50% eligible students. And so through that, we recognize that first-gen students don't have a home to call back to and say, hey, how do I navigate this? Because home didn't navigate this before. They're a first. And so we have to be really mindful and intentional about how we support them and making sure we recognize their unique needs in that. 
they're going to have unique questions. How do I register for classes? How do I file financial aid? How do I explore scholarships? And we need to have a safe place for them to go to to get those questions answered. So that's one. Uh, the next, we are also launching a brand new first year experience course that we developed through the strategic working groups last year. And this is what most of the grants that you mentioned, Jared, are going toward is to launch this. And students will have a navigator. And we're hoping that the support of a navigator that is also teaching their first year courses will provide that unique support and give them that safe place to ask their questions. Very cool. I love what you guys are doing there. That's, that's exciting. And particularly as you started your comments in regards to Eric's question, I don't think we can overemphasize enough that we as higher education need to rethink the way in which we interact with our students. We were built for baby boomers and Gen Xers, and we still expect to, to just offer a service and, and think students will just show up for it. It's not how Gen Z operates, but we've got to catch up in higher ed because Gen Alpha is going to be even more like Gen Z in the future. So good insight. So that dovetails nicely into the next part, which is C for culture. So how do universities go about kind of shifting that culture to better support Gen Z? How do we go about creating an organization that is focused on student success? What tips do you have around creating the right culture? For us, it's been really focused on our mission and vision. Um, we have always been an institution that has served from our founding people, regardless of race, gender, and ability to pay. And so we have stayed true to that, right? And how do we offer programs to support all people in education? We are highly collaborative. As I look at the successful Title III grant application, that was done through two strategic working groups over the last year. We had a first year success working group who pulled together faculty and staff across the institution to say, how do we do this better? If finances were not our limitation, what is the right thing to do for our students? And they developed a program. We also had a student success working committee who said, okay, holistically, what are our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats as an institution? And then we looked at where do these things come together? And that created such a tangible synergy. And I would love for you, Jared and Eric, to come to our campus to feel it because it is so real and vibrant here of that work that's happening. So I think it's the collaboration is key, right? Knowing who you are and being true to that is important. And then it's creating a culture that can sustain change. And that's, we are pushing our limits at Olivet on that right now with the number of changes that are coming through, but you have to be able to sustain change. And the way that your institution will die is by not changing. Our students are changing and we have got to embrace where they're at and what their needs are and stay relevant for them. Great stuff. All extremely important. Let's jump to the E part of the Ascend model, engagement. Talk to us about how universities can best or better engage students uh, on the road to success and retention. I think we first ask them how we can do it better, right? <laughs> They're the ones who know where we're falling short. I think we can get better at technology. I think there's a lot of technology out there, a lot of shiny objects that as administrators, we can get distracted with and think that that's going to be the one thing that solves it. Um, but how are students using it? How is it really changing the student experience? I think is the question I'm often asking. And if it's just a shiny object, it's not really going to drive retention and persistence and graduation for us. Um, so I think our technology allows us to dissect student engagement. We have our chatbot, which I mentioned earlier. We also have an app that allows our students to scan in so we can see very quickly what are students doing. More importantly, we can see which students aren't doing right, which students aren't attending different events on campus, especially ones that we think are high impact events, 
I think one of the things that we're trying to do better is overlap all of these data sources. I think that's where we're behind right now is how do we take all of these different elements and platforms and look at all of them together to really understand the student in a holistic and un unique way. And so we're working on that with you know the CRM and the LMS and all of those acronyms that we like to throw out there. But how do we use all of the data to really figure out what's best for that student? Yeah, very good stuff. And it's just so fascinating to me as I reflect upon all the experts that we've had the opportunity to talk with. You know, we talk with people like yourself who work at a smaller private liberal arts college. We talk with someone who works at Southern New Hampshire University with 100,000 students. It doesn't matter how big or small. We're all trying to figure out this piece around how do we engage students? How do we build the right culture? How do we nudge them? And that's the next part of this, right? So how do you there at Olivet nudge students through the system toward graduation and completion? What strategies are you using? So this is where I think where I'm the most excited about is because with the new things that we're rolling out, this year we're piloting a program for that first year courses that will be fully launched next year. But putting a navigator to it that's looking at the chatbot data that can look at the early alerts that come in from faculty and have really intentional personal conversations with students. Um, when you have a smaller caseload of students and inviting them to your office or catching them at their practices, we have a lot of student athletes. I think at one point we were close to 75% student athletes, right? I go to football practice because then I'm on their turf and asking them, where, what do you need help with? I am here for you. And so those gentle nudges, it's not just about that they need to do more, but we need to do different for them and with them. And so being a partner, um, but I'm really excited about that first year program to really roll out and provide that support that's relationship first. Now I can nudge you. Right. Um, with regards to uh, data, the last part of the Ascend model, how do we use data to inform our work related to student success? I think we've spent a lot of time on data already, like through some of the other answers. But I think it's starting to get the power of overlapping these data sources, I think, is the direction we need, right? So that way we're not just responding to one, but really trying to understand the holistic needs of the students. Um, one of the things last week, I met Jared last week at Persist, hosted by EdSites. I'll give a shout out there for that. But one of the coolest things about that was that it was one day where colleagues from multiple institutions, again, different sizes, came together, focused on one product and said, how are we using this best, right? It was a share-off. Right. I'm going to show you even the emails that I sent to students so that way you can see what we're how we're communicating with students and how is it changing our student response. And I think we need more time for that. Right. Really taking time and talking to one another. It, it shouldn't be institution against institution at a, at a leadership point. We need to be coming together. We're all in this together. Higher ed needs to be successful together. We all serve a unique purpose. And so I need to learn from my colleagues at other institutions and you know, listen, I think is a big part of it. Yeah. Great insights there. Well, thanks for your insights on this Ascend model. Let's shift gears here, Katie, and uh, imagine that you're president for a day, or maybe you're a consultant going into another institution to help them out. But think about one or two or three strategies that you've learned about throughout your career that you really think colleges and universities should focus on or implement to help move the needle on retention and student success efforts? What's kind of the silver bullets out there? What are things that you're like, every institution should be doing this, whatever that is? We need to focus on the student. What is the student saying? Capture the student voice. I graduated from college several years ago. I can't say that my experience is their experience, no matter how many demographical points we have that are similar. 
they're different. And so I need to capture them. So I would say first focus on the student and listen to them, get their voice in your decision-making. And I think institutions need to stay true to their mission and vision. You are not going to be able to be everything to everyone, but be you, be unique and, and support the students that you do bring in. And then make sure you have the right team. Uh, having the right players on your team will make a huge difference and watching the synergy across our campus in the last year as we changed to the student development model has been a game changer for us. And I'm excited about where it's going to take us. I got some really good insight. How how would you recommend you assemble the right team? What are you looking for when you're when you're assembling this mm -hmm. team? First, they have to have the knowledge, right? Like you, you have to know what the job is. Uh, second, I think we have had in our interviews, we actually have time for students to meet with the candidate. And it's not just whether or not the students are willing to talk to them, but how they engage with the students. Again, going back to that student voice, right? Watching that interaction. If it's somebody you will see based on the student body language, whether or not there's somebody that they want to interact with, again, um, oftentimes following those, the students pick the right candidate and it aligns. So I think capturing that student voice in your hiring process, especially for student-facing individuals, is really important. And then at the right training, right? Onboarding them correctly, making sure that their voice at, on the at the table is heard um, and being responsive to it. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. All right. We're going to jump to one of our favorite things. Uh, as, as we do these interviews, one of the things we try to strive to do is to provide resources to our listeners to help them do their jobs better. So if it's all right with you, let's do some quick Q&A. Let's go. Things. So number <laughs> one, what are some of your favorite books on higher education and student success? So Tento, if Tento even writes an article, I'm reading it. I already admitted my professional crush on that man. I even told him about that. That's really fun. Um, I am plugging through Small and Mighty. I picked that book up at NASPA this past year. And so plugging through that, trying to see what similarities and things I can derive from that. And then uh, your guys' book is up next. So I'm excited. Well, let us let us know what you think. But Tinto, yeah, absolute rock star. And that's that's awesome. All right. What are some of your favorite podcasts on higher education and student success? I'm busted on this one. Totally busted. I'm not a podcast girl. That's all right. I've never listened to a podcast in my life. Actually, that's not true. I listened to some of yours this weekend, <laughs> but um, that's about it. I'm not a podcast person. I don't like earbuds in my ears that often. And so, yeah, yep, completely I have enough cool. noise in my head. I don't need to be plugging it into my ears. Yep. We, <laughs> I, I hear you there. You're good. All right. We've talked about some of this throughout, but which professional conferences do you like to attend to stay up to date on current research and best practices? Persist has become a favorite. I like the community that's built there. Uh, NASPA, uh, the FYE conference, I presented at and did the online webinars last year, and I thought those were helpful. And other members of my team are really involved in NACE and the NOS organization. So those would be the ones I would point out. All great conferences and organizations. Thanks for sharing that. The final one, what other professionals, experts, or institutions are doing some really cool or interesting innovative things in your opinion on retention, completion, and student success? I'm really intrigued by Will Miller, um, who is the Associate VP for Continuous Improvement and Institutional Performance at Embry-Riddle Aer Aeronautical University, and Justin, who is an Executive Director for Student Success and Retention at Western Illinois. The three of us are working together on some research questions on student voice and how we can capture that. And so I'm excited about what's coming out of that. And then last or a couple months ago, our leadership team went to Arizona State University and visited their dreamscape lab to see how they're kind of busting down some of the barriers to student success through innovative 
technology there. And then also met with their Ed Plus program and their data catalytics where they're looking at toxic combos of classes. And I thought that was really intriguing, like which classes that pair up cause a student or students are more likely to withdraw, fail, or leave the institution. Um, as long as looking at how they're creating dashboards from their final destination and connection surveys. And so I'm really excited to see how we can take their learnings there and adapt it, you know, very different institutions, but how can we use what they're doing for us? So. Yeah, we had the opportunity to visit Arizona State as well a few years ago. It's fascinating what they're doing there. And so glad you guys got to go, go visit them also. All right. One final question for you, Katie, before we wrap up here. We know that a lot of our listeners are younger professionals who are emerging influencers on their campuses and in the field. So if you could go back in time, what advice would you give to your younger self to help you be more effective in this work over the years? Or, or what other just final pieces of advice would you share with other higher ed professionals that are a, a part of this important work? Yeah. So my initial thought was, it's hard. It might not make sense in the moment but it's absolutely worth it. So keep going. Simple, but perfect, right? It is hard. And sometimes we just have to keep going. And in the end, it is absolutely worth it. So thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. It has been really fun to visit with you and to pick your brain about all of these different topics. Well, this has been a true joy. And I thank you both for your time today. It's always fun to talk about student success. So anytime I can collaborate with people and share what we're doing, I'm always in for it. Yeah, well, good. Thanks. And thanks to our listeners for joining us as well. We'll be back again soon with another expert session. See you soon. You've been listening to the Ascend podcast. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, we hope you'll give us a like on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review. We also would invite you to connect with us on LinkedIn by simply searching for us, Jared Tippett and Eric Kirby, where we would love to continue discussing today's topic with you. And for more practical and proven strategies, just like the one you learned about today, check out our book, Ascend to Higher Retention Rates, Practical Strategies for Increasing Student Retention, Completion, and Student Success, which can be purchased on Amazon.com or on our website, www.tippetskirby.com. We'll be back again soon with another podcast. Until then, keep on raging.